Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the PM Diaries. We are your hosts. My name is Paige. And my name is Maddie. Welcome back, Night Owls. It's Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, and it's a beautiful evening in the Windy City. It's also it's also National Love Your Body Day today. I love that holiday. I know. Have you ever heard of that? Like, where are these holidays coming from? No, I've never heard of it. And honestly, like, where are these holidays coming from? But when you think about it, I think if you wanted to make something a holiday, all you have to do is, like, apply and, like, register with the government, right? I don't even know if you have to do all of that. Honestly, literally, I think you can just establish yourself as a day. Mm, I know. Maybe we should make a day. Well, we already talked about this. There's so many days. You already know I, I do a lot of stuff as far as, like, events in the world that I have to do for just other purposes um but like there's like national grape day girl there's everything like literally the randomest shit oh but i I love the national love your body day i think it just goes with the body positivity movement it's a message that i feel like i'm always receptive to just trying to reiterate that to myself as well Mm -hmm. so hopefully everybody listening love yourself yes and love your body yes um before we get into our quick topics though i did want to issue a correction um in our most our last episode of Mm -hmm. the pm diaries excuse me um we talked about an article with mrs doja cat um just involving her wearing a t-shirt that featured an alt-right like i guess media personality on it Mm -hmm. um in that article, we did say that Doja Cat had apologized. I fell victim to fake news. Apologies. There was no apology issued by Doja Cat. Yeah. However, everything else regarding that story was true. Yeah. Um, Good correction. Falling but, victim to fake news. Honestly, nowadays, I feel like it's everywhere. It happens. But, but girl, this shit doesn't happen to me. What the fuck? No, I know. It's okay. <laughs> you know how that guy said, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, dude, what the fuck? I know. No. But now that we got the housekeeping out of the way... How was your day today? It was pretty good. I'm honestly, you know this. I'm like, this week has been crazy. For those of y'all that don't know, we are in a master's program. Fuck my life. And whoo, like, honestly, this week was difficult. It was very difficult. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, so other than that, it was pretty good. Luckily, today was my first day since like, I can't even remember. I didn't have homework due. Yeah. So honestly, I'm just excited that I didn't even have to just look at anything school related today. So for that alone, it was a great day. Yeah. How was your day? My day was good. Um, Like you touched on, like we're in this really intensive accelerated master's program. And because of that, I do feel like very anxious very stressed out sometimes especially with just me being in my last class to earn this degree um so it's almost like it was like a come down day if that Mm -hmm. makes sense because like you said we didn't have anything due so I was coming down but I totally hate going this long without filming a podcast oh my gosh it's the worst it's the fucking worst this is what gets me through these little conversations that I have with you yeah it's been a long time no talk we have definitely been in the trenches. In the trenches, honey, but always, even from the trenches, I'm paying attention to what's going on, so we're still going to have a good episode oh, yeah. today. Still going to have a good episode. There's been some funny stuff going on. Um, honestly, this, I feel like, is top of mind. I've been avoiding talking about it. Not avoiding it, but I, I don't like to speculate on things this important. Mm-hmm. So Hallie stepped out, 
for those of you guys that don't know, we're referencing Halle Bailey, who's one of the sisters from the Chloe and Halle singing group. She's mm-hmm. in Gronish. She is the Little Mermaid. The Little baby. Mermaid. Honey. She's Ariel. Yes, she is Ariel. Um, but she stepped out, and like the rumors were true, baby. She, baby. She's got to be pregnant. Oh, she's pregnant. She's, she is pregnant yeah. without a doubt. She's I think with child. Yeah, she's with child. Bun is in the oven. Congratulations are in order. Bitch, hang it up flat screen. Like it is done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the most everybody had been speculating that she was pregnant recently just because of some of her outfit choices mm-hmm. uh specifically like what she wore to the renaissance world tour like yeah. they were like girl this is when you go sexy this is when you go fun mm-hmm. and she was kind of in a um a, a very oversized it? it was an oversized, oversized blazer she was wearing a lot of fabric for the occasion i'll mm-hmm. say that um which is totally within her right even if she wasn't pregnant just yes. a disclaimer um but the most the thing that really got me about this picture, she was in really baggy clothes. She was in very baggy clothes. A huge clothes. sweatshirt. She and had Miss a thing is petite. She's petite as hell. So, like, she's definitely expecting. Oh, she's, she's expecting, child. for sure. Yeah. And honestly, like, people have all their opinions on social media, but you have, you have, I'll just put this as a disclaimer to anybody that has a, maybe a negative feeling. Baby, you don't need to worry about the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Okay. There are actually people out here that you should be concerned about. Yeah. She is not one of them. She's not. And I think, like, they kind of, I think the reason that Hallie has been reluctant to announce her pregnancy, which, good for you, you don't owe these people shit, which right. we're going to get into a little bit later in this episode. You do not owe anybody a pregnancy announcement. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Period. Um, And I do think the reason that Hallie is so fiercely protecting her pregnancy Mm -hmm. um, is because of all the backlash with her baby daddy, DDG. Yeah. Um, And like people just saying like, we don't like him and this is that and third. It kind of puts me in the mindset of Kylie Jenner. Like when she got pregnant, she was younger. Um, and during her first pregnancy with Stormy, she no, she basically fell off the face of the the earth yep. almost, and was really private with that being her first experience. And mm-hmm. if that's what she has to do to protect her mental health, then that's what she that's has what to she do. has to do. And she recently released a statement, like, well, she accepted an award for Glamour Mag. I'm trying to see if I can pull up the statement. Um, she ex- uh, accepted the Woman of the Year Gen Z Game Changer Award, mm. and she posted an Instagram post for it. But she mentioned throughout her post while she was saying thank, like she was saying she was thankful. She's like being a young woman in the spotlight is definitely not for the weak, mm. but because of God, my loved ones and mentors, I am able to face the world every day with my head held high. Mm. Um, so you know, like you mentioned, I think this is to protect her mental health, and yeah. like I'm happy for her but that makes me so also sad too because the people that like genuinely support yeah they obviously are getting xed out that shit baby. how old is hallie she's is she younger than us she's younger than us because chloe's our age let me look up how old she is okay while you're doing that i'm just gonna get into my next point which is basically i think a lot of people view a celebrity pregnancy of someone who might be young how old is she she's 23 okay so she's younger than us by two years yeah um i think general society people on social media can sometimes view a celebrity pregnancy through the same lens that they would view like their friend down the street getting pregnant at 23 yeah like what you have to understand is i almost feel like when you're at that level of fame and success your life is accelerated in a way yeah um i don't know i think she's in a good position even if something were to like even if she 
I'm not even going to say that, but just she's in a good position she's to fine. take care of herself independently exactly. and her baby. Once period. you reach a threshold where you can take care of your kids, y'all forget people were, it was normal to have kids at 18 mm-hmm. years ago. Like that's wild. once you're in a place where you're financially stable, you have access, you have resources, you have a loving family around you. Mm-hmm. You're fine. What yeah. you need to put that energy into is the people that don't have that. That's yeah. what you need to do. Exactly. But there was also some breaking news that came up like an hour ago. I don't know if you saw this. What? <laughs> this is not funny. Oh God! Justice Smollett reportedly entered into a rehab treatment facility. Oh, now there's wow. been speculation for years that Jesse has dealt with some mental health issues as well as some drug abuse issues after mm-hmm. the hoax where they Chef. allegedly ch- uh, chased his him down in Chicago and called him all types of names. Oh my God! And racial epithets, and then put a noose and bleach on him. So you know what? I'm happy if Jesse feels like he needs to go to rehab. I'm happy. I'm living for him. But what I will say, and this might be fucked up, when I need a good laugh, like a good solid laugh, I will pull up on YouTube his interview regarding um, the alleged, what did I say? No, you said it right. His interview with Robin Roberts regarding the alleged uh, hate crime that was uh, perpetuated against him. And I laughed my fucking ass off. That shit was fucking comedy. It is pure fucking comedy. comedy. They need to have every analyst on that shit analyzing yes. that that needs to be studied in college classrooms yes we could go down the list like if anyone wants to watch it with us and we could point out all the little things we noticed but there was a point in time where he was like robin was like well what do you want to like come of this or something and he was like I- i'm not ready to go there yet can i can i just get a second like can we not go there and he like turns his head and like a one single oh tear comes down God. and like me and Paige, i kid you not like we will be in this living room watching that video with tears and streaming down our face oh how cute is that that our living room is our podcast studio that is so cute it's humble it's It's so humble but it's so like cunt and it's so cute it is very cunt because you know what it says what does it it say it says that like start where you are and look where start where you are and look where you go holy fucking shit start Start where you are are. but don't you realize like and this is like a transparent moment but i used to think i needed everything i used to think well no i can't do this because i have to have this 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 a b c d e f g has to fall in line before i can get here and i used to be like that and now i'm just like look this is what i have now this is what we're rocking with right now this is what i'm doing yeah and we're gonna see where it goes we're gonna see where it goes i love oh, that that's cute yeah this this living room we have a lot of fun in this living room we do sure. have a lot of fun in this living room we watch a lot of good tv um speaking of tv i have recently i mean i'd say this is a recent obsession but like every single day when i come home from work i put on beat bobby flay Yes. And I will literally just replay and replay like old episodes. Yeah. And it makes me want to get into my cooking bag because it's soup season, baby. It, it is soup season. It's definitely giving soup season. It's soup season. I was craving my tortellini the other day, oh which my God, you used yes. to hate and now you're obsessed with. Well, you know why I said I hated it? Because the cheese. Because the fucking cheese. But now I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's fantastic with the basil honey. And you got to just trust me. You just got to know. But um, you need to share that recipe. So when are you going to get? that maybe i should share the recipe maybe you definitely should should. i get in my cooking bag you should definitely get in your cooking bag okay but yeah beat bobby flay i do just have to say Paige. i start all the trends like come on now i used to watch that when we were in high school 
I'm and remember to think back was it out when we were in high school yes that show's been out for forever look it up when it came out but Holy remember shit. like i would watch that show and then i would watch the great british baking show <laughs> and the reason this is funny for you guys that might not know we do have a little sister her name is harper and um like i would watch the great british baking show all the Aww. time and at the beginning of the show like they always the funny thing is when they tell the bakers to start baking they have some crazy way that they say bake so bake! Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they say it that's what they say so then like our little sister she would start saying bake and that's she's like so cute. i know she's so cute when she says it that is so cute i know i literally love little kids yeah but i say all that to say like i start all the trends because when i started beat bobby flay now you're obsessed to the point where we watched it so much now we root for bobby we oh my never god thought i we know would root for bobby i never thought like i remember i used to like feel something i don't even want to say i'd be like upset or whatever but yes. i'd like ah they lost you yes. know like that's the producer magic getting you yeah but those people come on his show and they start talking too much shit and i'm like bobby bobby needed, bobby humble handle him. her humble handle her them. bobby and then Please. i'll be like rooting for bobby i know it's yeah. funny i yeah. like actually like bobby flay yeah but how long has the show been coming on Did you um, look it up? yeah it was released in 2013 so you're i right. told you I holy told shit you. but I that know. it actually premiered when we were in high school we started high school in 2012 because uh, we graduated in 2016 yeah 12 13 but either way 14, you were right 15, 16, that's yeah. semantics um but yeah i don't know it's been we've we we're, we're happy to be back to the pod yeah um, it's, it's been, been too long. a long time like, and we'll never hurt. go that long again never ever all right are you ready to get into these bedtime stories i am so ready to get into these bedtime stories today so starting off with story one britney spears explains that shaving her head after years of being eyeballed Britney Spears opens up in her upcoming memoir about previously unknown details of her life, including an abortion she says she had while dating Justin Timberlake and her highly scrutinized decision to shave her head at a California hair salon in 2007. The choice to shave her head was an act of rebellion, Spears writes, against years of voyeurism and tabloid scrutiny that had targeted her since her meteoric rise to fame in the late 1990s. Saying, quote, I'd been eyeballed so much growing up. I'd been looked up and down, had people telling me what they thought of my body since I was a teenager, Spears writes in one excerpt from The Woman in Me. Shaving my head and acting out were ways of pushing back, she says. Spears says that under a conservatorship that dictated her life for nearly 14 years, as her father and, and a lawyer controlled everything from the pop star's professional de decisions to her finances, she was, quote, made to understand that th those days were over now. Saying, quote, I had to grow my hair out and get back into shape. I had to go to bed early and take whatever medication they told me to take, she writes, according to excerpts from the book published by People magazine on Tuesday. In other excerpts from the book, which is published by Simon & Schuster, a division of CBS News' parent company, Paramount Global, Spears recounts more of her experiences under the court-ordered arrangement that gave her father, Jamie Spears, along with an attorney appointed his co-conservator, legal standing con to control the most basic aspects of her existence starting in early 2008. 
Spears recalls criticism and body shaming from her father, which she says began in childhood and continued into the conservatorship. The anecdotes harken back to Spears' striking testimony in court in 2021, when she successfully made her case to be free from the order. Spears said the conservatorship and her father's dominion over her were abusive, adding, I've been in shock and I am traumatized. In the memoir, which will be published in full next week, Spears writes that, quote, feeling like you've, you're never good enough is a soul-crushing state of being for a child. He drummed that message into me as a girl, and even after I'd accomplished so much, he was continuing to do that to me. Wow. <clears throat> That's interesting. Very interesting. So obviously there's been, news has been just breaking left and right with this book. I feel mm-hmm. like she's doing what Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> which she was doing with this with this shit she's breaking every day but anyways yeah. number one like obviously first up the abortion with justin timberlake mm-hmm. i feel like that news like might not come as a shock as much as we think mm-hmm. um because i don't really think it's a shocking thing i actually think it's fairly common for people yeah but like i don't know i just feel like number one like my head just we've been watching scandal so my mind's just like in fixer mode like how soon of a notice did Justin Timberlake's PR team have? Yeah. Did they try to stop the story? Like, yeah. it just seems like Britney has been silenced for so many years. She mm-hmm. doesn't give a fuck about judgment, shame, opinions. She's yeah. coming with the heavy hitters and speaking her truth. But then obviously the the main part of this article is about like body shaming and what criticism does to a kid. Mm-hmm. And then especially opening up about like what her dad did. Yeah. So I just feel like, not that I would say I feel like sorry for Brittany, but I think my heart goes to her because I know what that can do to a kid and mm-hmm. how it impacts you when you grow up. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think very this sad. Uh, we've obviously like you touched on, we've been seeing a lot of news breaking regarding the memoir that will be released. My goal is to read the memoir, but I feel like it's going to make me incredibly sad. Yeah. Um. I think conservatorships can get very sticky Mm -hmm. um we saw the conservatorship with amanda Bynes, etc and don't get me wrong i think there's a nuance here especially when someone is not capable or whatever maybe wants to be under a a conservatorship etc but the fact that literally she felt like the only control that she had over her life was to walk into that hair salon and shave and give herself a buzz cut yeah like do you know how sad that is like to feel like you're being controlled that much that that is all you can do like it just reminds me of the the people who just yell and have to have really big reactions because they aren't heard any other way and then then you think about the fact that like she was clearly experiencing that level of trauma she walks out of the place where she just shaved her head to a fucking swarm of paparazzi mm-hmm. and criticism for the rest of her life for that yeah. choice, making fun of her, mocking her, disrespecting her. No one was trying to root cause that issue. Yeah. Nobody had sympathy for her in that moment. No. And it's just like, when you think about it like that, like I hate to say like what a tortured life because I know how blessed she is, but like yeah. that is something that I think I can't imagine the pain that comes from from like a situation like that. Yeah, to me, it just it goes back into like that early 2000s paparazzi culture, though, right? Where they kind of just there wasn't that understanding of having empathy or sympathy for these people. Celebrities were literally viewed as as subhuman. Yeah. And then there's also that aspect of like the fact that she's a woman. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to throw that crazy word at a woman when clearly she as she claims herself was being abused. Yeah. 
and in a really, really controlling conservatorship Mm -hmm. and kind of not able to have autonomy over herself and over her decisions and things like that. And people want to get into the weeds of like what happened beforehand leading up to like, we don't know that. But what I can tell you is I'm happy that our generation or paparazzi now is making an intentional effort to focus on mental health and, and do our best to like lead with empathy. You're talking about our generation. (laughs) or paparazzi (laughs) our generation like if you notice like there's been more people calling out like paparazzi culture yeah like even with the joe jonas and sophie turner thing people are using discernment more that's what i'm trying to say i think you're right i think they are using discernment more but i do think that that has honestly come from like years and years of critique i mean we had princess diana like we saw Mm -hmm. what happened to her like at some point you got to stand up to the bullshit and say, this is enough. You can get your picture without being a fucking ass clown trying to get the picture, you know? And I think people are just fed up. So I think you're right. Like, I think our generation, we we get to reap the benefits and I know we've been pushing for it, but I think it's come from like years of like work and unexcusable situations happening. And I agree to me, like what I'm noticing on Brittany right now is freedom. Me too. Freedom. She looks like she's having the time of her life dancing in her house, sexy dancing in her house. house. Just like Like, she just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy for her. I'm happy. She now has a platform to tell her story Mm -hmm. and a podium to, tell her story and and i think conservatorship should be reserved for the most extreme of cases i don't think you should just slap a conservatorship on a rebellious kid that doesn't want to listen to you and you can't control that bag and then you're stuck in you're stuck in that conservatorship for for well into your adult years it's it's insane it's insane Mm. it's not right yeah Alrighty, story two. Manhunt underway for four inmates, including a murder suspect who escaped a Georgia jail after the fence was cut. We're back again with the fucking jail escapes. I know, I can't. Four inmates, including a man charged with murder, are on the run from authorities after escaping a central Georgia jail through a damaged second floor window and getting through the perimeter fences, according to authorities. The Bibb County Sheriff's Office said, (laughs) this is not funny, said the inmates... (laughs) Escape from the Big Bibb County Detention Center in Macon, about 84 miles south of Atlanta, southeast of Atlanta, around 3 a.m. Monday. The four climbed through a broken window and through a cut fence, according to a news release from the sheriff's office. Sheriff David Davis told reporters someone driving a blue Dodge Challenger in the parking lot near the fence appeared to aid the escape. There is some video footage of a vehicle that had been there earlier in the evening. that looked like they had been tampering with the fence as well as bringing some items into the enclosed area of the fence that we believe were used by these inmates to escape davis said at a news conference monday one of the escapees is joey fournier 52 who is accused of murder the others are mark carrie anderson 24 accused of aggravated assault chavis demario stokes 29 accused of possession of a firearm and drug trafficking the sheriff's the sheriff's office said This is such an interesting story. I actually saw this on the news the other day and I had the exact same reaction as you. I was like another prison escape. Like what the fuck is going on? But do you know that number one, I think this just shines a light on, I don't want to say prison culture, but I want to say prison culture in the United States because I think a lot of people think that these prisons, like for instance, Mm -hmm. I, I want to be, I want to be clear here allegedly at the time of this and please like I will correct myself if I'm wrong because I watched this story like a couple days ago Mm -hmm. at the time there was 800 inmates that they were surveillancing basically 
compared to having 10 guards on staff. What? They were so severely understaffed due to not being able to hire COs or correctional officers, et cetera, mm-hmm. that there wasn't enough people on staff. And I'm pretty sure there were supposed to be 30 COs on staff and there were 10 COs. Wow. Immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, so like these, like understaffed. somebody fell, fell in love with one of the COs and like she helped get him out of jail or he helped, you know what I mean? But no, that wasn't the story. It was literally because they were so understaffed. They were not able to keep a watchful eye on these inmates. Wow. Um, and it just, it, I think it shines a light on a larger issue there is with our 100% prison system. A larger issue with the prison system. I think we've, we hear about staffing shortages quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We hear about workers being overworked, the, the extreme conditions, like everything that goes into like working in a prison. I yeah. can only imagine. Yeah. But then it also speaks to a larger problem in America. How many times have you heard of like staffing shortages, mm-hmm. nurses, doctors, like there are prominent industries where there are constant fucking staffing shortages. Well, can we get to the root cause of the staffing shortage? Because you're not treating your employees right. It's because you're not, uh, and I don't want to speculate just because I don't know the specifics of this jail, but being a correctional officer is a really, really dangerous job. Very. I want to say that this was a maximum security prison. I mean, someone was, what, a murderer, it seems? Yeah. Convicted for murder. Like, he went to jail because he just killed his ex-girlfriend. What? Um, Yeah, one of the people uh went to jail because he killed his ex-girlfriend i mean you're dealing with the most violent criminals you know what i yeah you know what i mean it's that level it's it's Mm -hmm. a maximum security prison that's that's all i'm saying yes um so it's really hard to to keep staff Mm -hmm. especially if you're not paying them well because people are are reassessing what they value Mm mm-hmm um, so I, I know something clearly needs to be done because at this point it's endangering the public. Yeah. Like something needs to be done, but like the page, they're going to have to pay Buku money. Like yeah. they're going to have to pay a lot. And these conditions are people just going to choose to go be a CL. Yeah. They're not. It's like, interesting too, because it's a scary job. It's a very scary job. And you know, I get into like this random shit, right? Like mm-hmm. I get into like random videos that I like to watch. Like for a while it was soft white underbelly on yes, YouTube. Yes, You were obsessed. I was Maddie. I would listen to that shit. Like it was a fucking podcast. Yep. Like it's so interesting to just see like the raw and see the real. Mm-hmm. There was this, uh, YouTube series. I think it was by actually it was on a and E, but I watched the old episodes on YouTube and I think it was following like life as a CO. I can't remember what it's called. I'm so fucking mad. Yeah. Um, but it follows these COs, these rookie COs that come into the about. prison <clears throat> and seeing their experience was so humanizing yeah. or it was so revealing. Yes. Just because that same sense of fear, they feel it. Yes. I mean, they're outnumbered in those prisons and all of this other stuff. And it's it like just, a delicate dance. And yeah. I remember watching that show with you. It's a delicate dance. You have to go in, you try to earn respect without pissing people off. So they want to kill you at their first opportunity. And then you try to go into work and have a good, like you have shit going on in your personal life. It's just like, there are so many dynamics at play. It's a really Mm -hmm. difficult job. Yeah. And these sorts of jobs that they have trouble staffing people for, you need to pay people more. Yeah. I really think if you paid people more, you'd have people willing to do it. Either pay people more or hire more people so they feel safe in that job. They're I mean, not, there's so many things that they can do but to Paige, address that how issue. How can you, like, I know they need to hire more people, but you have to keep people too. That's true. You have to retain you your You can employees. hire all day. Yeah. You know? 
And by the way, the show I was referencing was called Behind Bars Rookie Year. Um, it originally premiered on A&E, but there's old episodes on YouTube. Yes. I highly recommend people go watch it. And also, for those of y'all that don't know, should we reference like Soft White Underbelly? Because Paige was obsessed with that oh, show. Oh, yeah. Soft That's White like Underbelly. That's like a YouTube series. It's kind of a documentary type yeah. vibe. Yeah. And they follow people that are the underbelly of society. So mm-hmm. things that you wouldn't see typically showcased on national media on the main Mm -hmm. stage so you follow things like drug addicts prostitutes former criminals pimps johns madams they follow just about everything it's very very interesting uh youtube channel and that's the shit i like to watch so very interesting story they have yet to find the inmates too i wanted to make sure i mentioned that as well so these inmates are still at large um okay moving on to the next story so when a pop star's biggest fans become a big headache maybe you noticed it when doja cat lashed out at her fan base this summer maybe you noticed it when charlie xcx called one of her fans a cunt last year on twitter or maybe you noticed it when a campaign asking taylor swift to break up with maddie healy started to make the rounds online this spring when did having super fans become such a headache? Sometimes literally so. Just ask BB Rexa, who got hit in the face with a flung phone at her own concert. This year, in fandom, the call was coming from inside the house. Fan armies and diehard stands have been helping propel their favorite artists to the top of the charts and defending their reputations for years. If you criticize Nicki Minaj in public, even witness protection probably couldn't save you from her barbs at this point. But what those fans expect in return is coming into sharper focus as they wield more and more influence, getting artists to do everything from delete embarrassing lyrics to release alternate versions of songs or music videos. When even Beyonce makes um, addressing fan complaints part of her tour, you know things have gotten annoying. Let's start with Doja Cat. In July, the Paint the Town Red rapper disowned the, quote, kittens moniker. Many of her fans had organized under and a since-deleted thread, saying, quote, My fans don't name themselves shit. If you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. (laughs) (laughs) When a fan pointed out that Doja herself had selected kittens as a fan name years ago, the singer replied drolly, When I was an alcoholic teen. Oop. Doja's blow-up might have been born of legitimate frustration. Her now music openly wrestles with the pressures of superstardom and ditches the glossy pops, the glossy pop of 2021's Planet Her. She has also gleefully embraced being a troll in the past and at times gone out of her way to ruffle feathers. But to her fans who cheered her on her path from internet novelty act to legitimate hit maker, it must have felt like a slap in the face. According to figures that Instagram provided Billboard, the kerfuffle cost Doja close to a quarter million followers over one weekend. One of her Instagram fan accounts, Doja Cat Brazil, almost walked away from covering her. And while none of that has derailed her career by any means, um, the transgression highlighted the artist fan dynamic that's become the norm. Fans put in free labor to boost their favorite artist careers, and in return, they expect to be rewarded with, at the very least, acknowledgement and appreciation. 
Stands today are, quote, treating themselves as employees of their favorite artists, says songwriter A.J. Marks, who moderates the Popheads subreddit and hosts the main Podgirl podcast. Now consider that stands are getting younger and younger, Mark adds, on top of the way pandemic isolation distorted our online relationships, and you're starting to see new levels of fan entitlement, saying, quote, the I want to speak to your manager kind of a Karen archetype that's working its way into pop music a lot. So this article is so interesting. It's crazy. And it's timely. It's so timely. Because there are so many people that talk about the, the, the toxic relationship that they have with their fans. Yeah. Literally every, I mean, they didn't mention this in this article, but like we saw Selena Gomez's fans literally drag and berate Haley Bieber Mm -hmm. who still spent her summer in the south of France (laughs) you bitches are arguing and she still spent her whole summer in the south of France that girl can retire now if she wanted to yeah yet and still they berated and dragged her all (laughs) summer long to the point where Selena had to get involved like there is I do think like they touched on an interesting point because they said like the fans are getting younger, but are you, do you think that's a factor? I don't think that's a factor. What I will say is I think maybe it could be the, and what they may might mean by younger is that the younger and younger generations get the sooner and sooner that they were exposed to social media. And maybe that made them feel this false closeness to celebrities and, and made them feel like they had a right to Mm -hmm. come for them in that way. Um, what do you feel about this comment about entitlement? Because I do think that there's, I do think that there's some entitlement amongst fans, which is interesting to me. Yeah. So I do want to touch on the age piece because I think the older you get, the more responsibilities you get. So that could be like a a piece like girl, if you was at work all day or you was doing this all day, you wouldn't have kids. Yeah. You wouldn't have time to run around worried about what everyone else was doing to that extent. Yeah. Um, I think the entitlement piece is interesting and I do think that there is a sense of entitlement. I think that people feel like they are doing people a favor. Mm -hmm. Like we see it time and time again. There's a, there's a fandom. They fall in love with someone. They promote, they like, they post, they share, they do all of these things. It propels them to superstardom. Yeah. And they feel like I got you there. Yeah. But what they don't see is like, there's also work that goes on behind the scenes. Like, sure, you helped, you played a part. And I think that everyone would probably appreciate that if you don't, mm, that's probably not the best. Yeah. But I also think that there, there's, there's this idea that, you know, people and like, even when DMX passed away, I remember his family was like, yeah, huh? go ahead like i think his even his family was like you didn't really know the real um dmx you know like this is our this was our dad this was our whomever this was a person close to us Mm. um so you didn't you didn't know this person but there's like a deep feeling that they know these people yeah and i you know i think it can be dangerous i'm not gonna lie i think it can be dangerous as well um i think it's a fine line this in this article they go on to talk about how taylor swift kind of navigates this fine line really well i would even like to argue that kim kardashian uh has walked this fine line really well Mm-hmm. too um among many other celebrities i'm just trying to think of like the superstardom levels do you um, think <laughs> like i know that they're saying taylor swift navigates it well mm-hmm. but we don't really know a lot about taylor 
I think that's why she navigates it well. She lives such a private life, but it's yeah. like she makes people feel like they, that she knows them. And I they swear know her. to God, I turned 19 years old. And after that point, I felt like every song that Taylor Swift wrote, I had a personal connection to. Yeah. Because I very much felt like I could relate to what she was singing about. Mm-hmm. And I think when anytime the heart is involved, if that makes sense, and fans almost grow this attachment towards you and this and this genuine love, like yeah. even if it's for your art, even if it's for your music, your aesthetic, like whatever the inspiration that they feel when they look at you Mm -hmm. i do think that there's a fine line between now all of a sudden feeling like you can hold somebody accountable that a you don't even know yeah and like b you're actually being really fucking rude to and mean to Mm -hmm. and c like do you even hold yourself accountable to those same standards no they don't um it's just interesting it is very interesting can i ask you something though i was like reading uh, obviously as we talk about this i'm like thinking in my head like have i ever been a super fan Mm -hmm. would you have ever considered yourself a super fan at any point I don't think I've ever considered myself a super fan I mean I'm a super fan of like their music I'm a super yeah. fan of like their the the feeling that I get when I listen to it and stuff like that or you know like and your I'm fashion. also I'm not fickle either like yeah. let's put that out there too like I could love your music one day and if you make a mistake the next day I'm not gonna be like I fucking hate that bitch yeah you know what I mean yeah um I, I wouldn't put myself in the category as a super fan but what I will say I'm always rooting for other people mm-hmm. um and also I think that there's that connection of just um I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Oh, well, I'll answer the question. <laughs> I I genuinely, I don't think I've ever been a super fan. Um, I think that I, I this is probably not the, even the best thing, but I always feel like someone's going to like disappoint you a little bit. So mm. it's like, I'll be like, oh, I love her music. But like they, the, the famous quote, don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Like, because it's like, oh, they're, they're probably not that, that great. Or they're probably not that image that you have in your head. They have faults. They're human. They probably have bad days. They're probably mm-hmm. not the, always the nicest. Yeah. So I think that thought has kind of always ruled my head because I was always aware of the quote of don't meet your heroes yeah. because it can be disappointing. But you um, know why so it's yeah. disappointing, though? Because, because everybody makes mistakes, up. but it's the expectation that you have. Yeah. And that expectation and then that entitlement to feel like like they owe you something exactly. thrown in the mix. It just kind of creates a weird dynamic. Nothing against super fans. Like no. hell, I, some people might've considered me a super fan at some point, like yeah. who knows, but it's, it's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like these are like the things that we see change <laughs> with like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was rereading. I'm sorry. I'm no, going to let fine. you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Okay, go ahead. But, um, what Doja Cat said was fucking hilarious. It was hilarious. Like, why are you going back and forth with, excuse me what's the fan page's name um doja, doja cat, cat brazil i don't even know if she's going back and forth with her talking about my fans don't name themselves shit if you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house but my thing is <laughs> like girl now they're stressing her out now i really yeah. i really my empathic tendencies are coming on i can sense a real anxiety from mm-hmm. doja and I feel like she feels like she has to live up to all of this shit and she can't. And then they criticize her. And then, so I, I already know, like, hell, when I get criticized now, now, and I, I'm not nearly on a level of that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, I can't do anything right. Yeah. Like I'll be trying to do something good. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like I literally cannot do anything right. Yeah. And I think she's to that point where she's like, there's no way in fucking hell you guys like no are my fans because it's it's like a toxic relationship i give you this you owe me for life and baby that's never going to be how it works because respectfully and this is why my advice to every young fan out there take inspiration 
if you need to have escapism, if you're living vicariously through somebody to survive your situation, yeah. take it with a grain of salt and remember <laughs> that you have to apply it to your life. Yeah. You're not going to be in the South of France with Haley. You're not going to be on Selena's yacht. You're not going to be in Doja Cat's mansion. Yeah. But if you work hard and you use it, use that relationship that you have with them yeah. to benefit yourself and just be inspired and everything, you can live like them one day. I and love that would be my said. advice. I love what you said. I freaking love what you said i feel like you summed it up perfectly Mm -hmm. um but just like to touch on it real quick because this was fucking crazy to me when it happened do you remember during the vine days during the magcon days when we had nash greer (laughs) cameron dallas jack galinsky or whatever and madison beer Mm -hmm. was dating jack galinsky oh my god and she was outside talking to this group of fans and this fan number one thought it was her place had the fucking audacity the audacity the audacity to confront Madison Beer about rumors about her rumors and nastiness (laughs) about her relationship with with Jack Jack Galinsky Galinsky. all based off of something speculation speculation of what fan pages were saying she that is entitlement no this video was insane Madison obviously MagCon if y'all knew about it you knew about it if not it's cool you can look it up but like she was walking on the street and a fan literally got into an argument people pulled out their phones started recording they had to step off to the side over some shit she heard on the internet. She's not even in this friend circle. She doesn't know Madison Beer from a can of paint or from her social media. Exactly. Doesn't know Jack Galinsky and was going toe to toe with her about her fucking boyfriend that she doesn't even fucking know. And the crazy thing is, though, and you know, I will say this. The crazy thing is, this is why it's such a warped, weird ass relationship. These people, they feel like they're doing it in the name of Jack Galinsky. Yeah. She feels like she's defending Jack Galinsky. She yeah. feels like, I know this man. He's a good person. I'm defending him. So it just like, it's such an, I feel like in the future, like 50, 60, 70 years from now, they're going to be looking back and this is going to be like a change of a century moment. Like yeah. the relationships people have on the internet. There's a word for it. Cause I learned it about it in college. I just can't think of the word mm-hmm. when you have a relationship with someone that you've like, that you've never seen in person. I'll say mm-hmm. that. You have a relationship with someone that you've never seen in person. You've only seen them through the internet. And I'm not talking catfish. I'm not talking to people you've actually interacted with. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about specifically the fan to, to, to like prodigy or whatever, to celebrity relationship. There's a name for it. And these people actually like, they really feel like they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting. I think it's cool to be a part of a movement, to be a fan, connect with people's art. That's the whole reason of people putting art out. I just think it's kind of just be responsible human being and like, just recognize that you're not entitled to have a say over every aspect of their life. That is crazy. No. And just like they're using you to get to the top or you feel like you're giving them something. Use them too. Use them and make your way to the top. Yeah. Don't just sit there and feel like, I gave you everything and I still live this life that makes me want to go to bed and cry myself to sleep every night. Like Mm. use that shit to your advantage, you know? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. All righty. That was interesting. Very interesting. All right. Moving on to Thor. Am I saying it or are you saying it? Because you just said the last one. No, I didn't, mama. Did I say the last story? I'm losing my fucking mind. It's cool. We kind of talked about it a lot. So story four, Gwyneth Paltrow weighs in on Nepo baby debate. It's kind of an ugly moniker. Gwyneth Paltrow is weighing in, excuse me, 
<laughs> Maybe you should have read the story. Child. I'm kidding. Gwyneth Paltrow is weighing in on the Nepo baby debate. The Academy Award winning actress opened up about the topic during a wide ranging interview with Bustle, saying it's a judgment that exists around kids of famous people and calling it an ugly moniker. But there's nothing wrong with doing or wanting to do what your parents do, she said. Nobody rips on a kid who's like, I want to be a doctor like my dad and my grandpa. The Goop founder continued, the truth is, if you grew up in a house with a lot of artists and people who make art and music, that's what you know. The same way that if you grew up in a house with law and the discussions around the table are about the nuances of whatever particular law the parents practice. Paltrow says she hopes her kids, she has a 19-year-old daughter named Apple and a 17-year-old son named Moses, always feel free to pursue exactly what they want to do, irrespective of what anybody's going to think or say. Not the mm. Nepo babies getting upset. You know what? I think I think she has a right to say what she has to say. I never understood kind of like this fact. I do think that Nepo baby has kind of been twisted into an insult. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about it, like a Nepo baby can literally happen on any level of society. Like any level. They just think it's the Hollywood elite or whatever they want to call them or the one percenters. There's a Nepo baby at your fucking um, local Girl Scout club. Yes, you who got a Nepo the, baby. Who got the team captain because what her mom is a part of the pta or something there are nepo babies there's people who principals of schools and get to be the teacher like Mm -hmm. there's so many levels of nepo baby and why is that a bad thing like you literally want these people to go home and feel shame because her fucking her because Haley bieber's dad is is uh is fucking uh steven bieber child Haley baldwin's dad is a fucking baldwin brother like (laughs) (laughs) i think his name is jimmy baldwin beeper what but either way like you you want them to feel bad about because they're who their family is like this is who they love yeah they do and maybe like they they were exposed to this at a young age and they just thought it was fucking awesome but like just like Gwyneth Paltrow said, like, it, how many times have we seen, like, oh, somebody's dad is a lawyer and all their kids are fucking right. lawyers? So here's what I think. I think that, that there is some validation. Each side is valid here because, and here's why. But there's also a fine line. Mm-hmm. You can look at someone and say, listen, I need you to acknowledge that this journey to stardom and A-list actresshood mm-hmm. has been assisted by the fact that your dad is one of the biggest directors in the industry. Yeah, I need you to understand that the reason you got put in this this school is because your parents knew or were the vice president on the board or who like I need you to understand that but the same could be said for people that make a fraction of what these people make just like you pointed out and also it doesn't negate their work it doesn't negate that they still had to work hard for that role it doesn't negate that they still had to learn those lines it doesn't negate that they still had to lose that weight or do whatever they have to do to get whatever position that they're trying to get so I, I feel like like it's like it's an it's a no-win situation it's a it's a complex situation and it's something that really needs to be analyzed with emotional intelligence because i think when you just throw nepo baby at somebody you're almost just trying to negate like you said the hard work the talent that they Mm -hmm. still have to have because if gwyneth paltrow couldn't act baby she wouldn't be in the movie period that would have given given them all the more reason to fucking hate her like they already hated her what because her dad was some famous guy and because she's beautiful and like has these opportunities how much 
much would they have ridiculed her if she was a shitty actress? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's another side of this argument that I don't know who said it. Was it Kendall Jenner or something about the whole modeling thing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's another side of the argument too. Is like at some point, like that, that nepo, that nepotism might get you in the door, but baby, you kind of have to carry yourself because people aren't just going to do charity for you because your dad is some big wig. Not unless you paying all the time, because look, you have to realize too, that these people not just because you got a famous family member or a family member that's well known it doesn't mean they were liked yeah like it's a it's two separate things but i will say out of all the things on planet earth you can get called i would take nepo baby baby i'm not losing no damn sleep over you calling me a nepo baby i'm sorry like we need to put it into (laughs) to like reasonable you know like true outrage too i do i do agree with that i do like kind of the reclaiming of the title kind of taking the power away we saw Haley bieber rocking a shirt that said nepo baby etc i just don't want to make anybody feel bad because of something they they can't control what family they were born into like mm-hmm. they can't control that they fell in love with the same thing like um i don't know it just i don't want to make anybody feel bad so i'm yeah. happy to see people kind of speaking out and just like we don't want to make people feel bad they shouldn't make people feel bad and weaponize their privilege either so it's like you have to walk a fine line in these situations that's fair i need to clear my throat (laughs) moving on to the next story i I actually before we get to the next story i'm excited for us to have video on the podcast so people can like register when i'm like taking a drink of water or like clearing my throat clearing my throat or whatever it is but that's gonna be exciting it's gonna be fun um moving on to story five so millie bobby brown is calling out the adults who attack and criticize child actors Millie Bobby Brown is defending child actors against unwarranted attacks from adults. The 19-year-old knows a thing or two about life in the spotlight, as she became famous at age 12 when Stranger Things premiered in 2016. Brown is now using her newfound status as one of Glamour Mag's Women of the Year to speak up. She shared with the outlet instances of adults calling her names, such as an idiot or a brat, during her early press tour days with the cast, promoting Stranger Things, adding, quote, I was just penalized for over talking and over sharing and being too loud explaining she let that criticism impact how she showed up in interviews but now she's firm in defending other child actors who are just being kids saying quote you cannot speak on children that are underage i mean our brains physically have not grown yet to diminish and practically stunt someone's growth mentally strip them down tell them hey listen you don't look that great why are you wearing that how dare you say that Um, Following the show's tremendous popularity, Brown ultimately decided to put up defensive walls to protect herself from outside criticism that she experienced at a young age, saying, quote, nobody's allowed in. Nobody can say shit. This is my life. And the only people that are allowed are the people that I open the gate for. Other than that, everybody's out. And yes, it's sad that there are trust issues. Mm -hmm. And she continued by saying, and yes, I have issues with having friends. I don't have a lot of friends. Aww. That's heartbreaking it's so heartbreaking buddy but this is a story that we see like over and over again over and over again nothing was weirder this shit was weird like when you list Paige, and i'm gonna get to the scenario but obviously like when you just hear this out loud it's crazy mm-hmm. we were in college we went to a really big football school we went to the ohio state university mm-hmm. but like 
the football team had so much pressure on them. These people were like 18 yeah. to like 23. Yeah. And the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You have 60 year old motherfuckers calling you stupid, telling you you suck. You're never going to be anything criticizing you. These people are fresh adults. Yeah. It's weird. It's insane. Um, I'm happy that Millie is, she's one of the most popular 19 year olds right now. She's kind yeah. of about to step into, I mean, she's always been an it girl, right? Mm-hmm. But she's stepping into that era now just as she enters young adulthood. Yeah. I'm happy she's now using her platform to shine a light on this. Mm-hmm. Immediately, it made me think of the Justin Bieber song. And he's like, um, what did he say? He's like, and, um, this is a qu- a direct quote they, from a Justin Bieber like, song. Um, he was like, and everybody every- called me sick, but they never. He said, I felt like they never every, gave a shit. They criticized the things, things I, I did, did as, as an idiot kid. kid. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like it's so easy for people to see. Again, it just comes back into the humanity of celebrities. Number one, it's fucking weird that you're talking about a kid. Yeah. Um, that's fucking weird that you're mm-hmm. saying that shit, and it, it kind of makes me want to be more protective of like children because like that and and then she talks about the toll that 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 it takes on the on her mental health and her being basically taking herself away from that that's a trauma response it is she's no longer being herself or who she was because of this weird ass criticism from some 50 year old bitch in the fucking (laughs) basement who act like she was never a kid before that's the true gag because at the end of the day like they hate that 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 that, like you have that strength Mm -hmm. they hate to see a kid shining they hate how they ended up and my heart goes out to them for that it truly does because i i can only imagine the pain of being unrealized Mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day these kids are kids if you're if you're 50 arguing with a 20 year old and they haven't called you out your name or done something egregious look in the mirror please i'm not arguing with a kid i'm not i refuse yeah like I'm just not and and you can argue with the kid like if you need to like get serious for a minute but like being mean and personally criticizing like we know what criticism can do to kids when they're younger like it really sticks with you forever it does and it's just not right but that article is sourced from the HuffPo HuffPost yeah it's sourced from the HuffPo and it's a very interesting story yeah but that wraps up our bedtime stories today Mm -hmm. it was very nice to be back with you I'm gonna say it again um, and now we're about to dive into our nightcap TV recap, starting with our review of The Real Housewives of New York City season finale. Oh, how my did you feel? What are your thoughts? So I said this in a few earlier episodes while we were reviewing this season. Great, fantastic, phenomenal hats off. This mm-hmm. was a hell of a first season. The dynamics are good. The vibes are there. I feel like we got a lot of diversity, which they touched on. Was it the Sherry Shepard show when they were when just Jessel, Uba and Bren were all on the Sherry Shepard show? Yeah, I'm here for it. So just a couple of moments (laughs) that like stand out for me. Obviously, the episode we have to set up the episode. It was Bren's birthday. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of this, the episode took place at the birthday party. But continue. it was Bren's birthday. Bren was being messy for her birthday, honey. Messy boots. She was stirring up all the drama. Uh, We did see a confrontation. Not even I wouldn't say a full blown confrontation, but we did see um, Pavit kind of called to the carpet. Pavit is Jessel's husband. He had made a mention that Cy was acting bipolar and Mm -hmm. then said, no, she's not acting bipolar. She's just acting like a bitch. Yeah, honestly. I like Pavit. I I like Pavit, buddy. Like this is I'm and this is the definition of 
BDE to me. Like, I'm going to just go there with you right now. I really like Pavit as a husband. He stands on his shit. He defends his wife. He's not fucking precious. Yeah. Like, that's why I really, really like Pavit. I do because like Because I Pavit. feel like that's loyalty. And we never got to review the episode where he said that Sai was bipolar. Yeah. Like, yeah, the comment was controversial. Like, okay. Um, I didn't like Jessel's response to that. No. Because he's riding for you. You correct him at the house. Yeah. Well, if he's if you're gonna say, Yeah, don't say that, that's not cool, you correct that shit at the house, baby, because he's defending you. Yeah. I wouldn't probably have said that because at the end of the day, like, come on now. Out of all the housewives digs, that's one of the like highest Most blows tame. you can go. Yeah. But um, <laughs> definitely stands on his shit. I always like the husbands that don't act like precious and above it all. Like there's always that husband, <laughs> i.e. a.k.a. Juan Dixon. <laughs> yeah. That acts like, oh, I'm that your friend's drama. Mm-hmm. And like they're too good to get involved. But baby, when them checks is clearing and cashing, the then you're not too good for Should it. Should we explain what precious? means because we keep saying this precious is for the real housewives of beverly hill stands you stands you'll get it mm-hmm. mrs erica jane said everybody's like so, she's, acting precious yeah she said everybody's acting precious in regards to her treatment of sutton at the dinner party yeah. you know what i'm talking she about went the fuck in on her ass um and she's like if we were in atlanta nobody would bat an eye if we were in potomac nobody would care but since we're in beverly hills everybody's so fucking precious, precious. so now we <laughs> reference that all the time now we say precious it's a part of our vernacular Oh, but one of the biggest conflicts of the episode was between Sai and Bryn. Yes. When Bryn, stirring the pot, screamed mm. across the room like you're dating somebody in, in Connecticut. Connecticut. And they kept calling it CT. Yes. So obviously, like, we both had, like, we both, like, realized, like, okay, maybe Sai, if she wanted to protect it that heavily, shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. But we all know the burning feeling in your chest mm-hmm. when you trust somebody with a piece of information and you're like, look, I really need you not to say anything. Yeah. And they say something. I know. But I've had also, that moment several times. Me too. But can we also say like the burning moment and the shame and the sorriness that you feel when someone entrusts you with a secret and you accidentally slip and tell. And I'm not saying that this is an act. <laughs> Page what? <laughs> I'm serious. Like you know how bad sometimes I feel because I and this happens a long time ago. But like I was sometimes about to say you ain't done that. Anytime I'm a steel soon. trap. Like I pro- I pride myself on being a steel trap. Nothing's coming out of these fucking lips, baby. If you don't want it to. Exactly. But sometimes I'll slip and like maybe I'll make a comment here or there, and it just makes it eats me up. So I could relate to Sai feeling bad. You but think I think it was an accident. Page? It wasn't an accident. Okay. I think it was an accident when she was talking to Aaron, but. But then when they were in the costume shop, when she was talking to Aaron, I think it slipped out. Yeah. But when she was in Kacha, Casa Cipriani, uh-huh. she knew full well that there was no cameras and that she wanted to spill the tea on yeah. Uba's boyfriend. Which, number one, I feel like to be a fly on the wall in Casa Cipriani, like, baby, we think we know the tea, like watching the little behind the scenes. Yes. No, all the shit happens when the cameras are off. We yes. see that in Beverly Hills. We saw that in like so many shows. In Potomac? Atlanta. Yes. All this shit happens when the cameras are off. I would yeah. have loved to be a fly on the wall in Casa Cipriani. Me too. But overall, I think Sai is a good housewife. She's a great housewife. She's the only one that's willing to go there. Like I'm you like, think? who's going to throw out a fuck word besides Sai? I don't know. Like at this point, when she told Uba, Brent, like, baby? fuck you. I mean, yeah, but 
uh, that's true. Uba, Uba Brent. I mean, Brandon, I do think is willing to go there, but she kind of stayed in her own like flirty ditzy world this season. Yeah. We didn't really see her get down and dirty. We didn't see much of Brent this season. And that kind of just brings up a point that I've been seeing on Twitter where they're like, hey, Brent, like we want to see um, more from you. Now, what yeah. I will say is I do think Brent has done a good job of, of sharing. Like, who mm-hmm. am I to say that she hasn't? Sorry, I just hit my mic if y'all heard that. Okay. Who am I to say, like she discussed her, her upbringing, how she was raised by her grandmother how her mom was her dad was in jail i think her mom was on drugs and mm-hmm. etc and and we've seen a lot of bren um but i think people want to see more yeah definitely one of my favorite parts of the episode though hmm. jenna fucking lions yeah she wasn't even my favorite part of the episode but when jessel was having the photo shoot in her house like People don't understand unless you are actually trying to do something yourself. It's easy to sit back and criticize. Mm-hmm. If you peeped her when the books were standing and then you peeped her pushing the books back and laying them flat on the most perfect level. Yeah. Editing that because you wanted her shot to be the best. Yeah. You really got to see why that girl is made of money. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got to see why she was the president or whatever the hell she was of J. Crew. Like, yes. That just takes a certain like level of attention to detail yes. and also being there before mm-hmm. um and she's gonna be a great mentor to jessel as she starts up this new journey yes. so i was kind of sad to see the season end me too but i'm super excited for the reunion yeah so we'll definitely give a recap I'm, on that for sure i'm really excited for the reunion i'm excited for the next season of this i just love that housewives is like year round now like it's just like, it's amazing ah. oh yeah. my god yeah so on to our next um, nightcap TV recap. We're bringing it back with Housewives or do you want to do Dancing with the Stars Let's first? bring it back with Housewives. Maybe. Okay, we're going to bring it back with Housewives. So this time we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes. Oh my gosh. So the episode was great. Um, they spent the majority of the episode. It was Angie's, what was it? Greek Easter? Greek Easter, yeah. Yeah, which was super interesting. I had never heard of that before. Yeah. Angie's house is stunning. Oh, oh my so gosh. stunning. That girl. Angie is such a good housewife. She oh, is. she has the makings of a great housewife. Oh, yeah. She has the fashion sense. She has the look. She has the money. She has the house. There's the nothing. The temper. Yep. She's, she will check a bitch, baby. <laughs> she will check a bitch even on Easter. Even like, on don't Easter. get it even twisted. Even in front of her daddy, honey. And, and her priest, baby. She uh-huh. will put you in your place. Yes. But what I really, really like about Angie's party, she threw a phenomenal party. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of detail there was culture it was luxe it was the rich food. there was drama so yes. it was it was so good mm-hmm. so good it, it was phenomenal one of the interesting kind of pieces that we saw throughout the episode something that like definitely stole the show <laughs> obviously monica and her mom yeah and that relationship monica was doing a few interviews after and it sounds like they're not speaking right now or their Mm -hmm. relationship is not mended so i do feel like monica is one of the best first housewives or first season housewives i'm trying to think who i can compare her to i know dorit had a really good first season yeah i'm trying to think of like people that just came out darby had a good first ashley darby did have a (laughs) that ashley over there she did have a really good first season (laughs) Um, but she she might be one of the best first season housewives outside of the for OGs. Sure, for sure. And I think she came into 
housewives willing to bear it all, which is really necessary. Yep. I think the housewives that we see not be as successful are the ones who are trying to hide things. Mm-hmm. Because not only does it make you disingenuous in some parts, right, in some regards, but it also gives your enemies or your ops ammunition yep. to come back later and try to use your stories against you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw her cop to the affair at the beginning of the season, but we also saw her bring up so many other things. And now she's um, being open about her relationship with her mom, which I think is honorable yeah. and definitely a storyline that I'm going to be tuning into. Yes, for sure. And it was just, it was also interesting. I want to touch on this too. I felt like Lisa was kind of being like judgmental of Heather. She's like, yes. you're a bad Mormon. Like Lisa's I want my son to be like a good Mormon. Lisa's it's like, girl, judgmental. Heather doesn't have to talk directly to Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Like she can talk to you. Like, why are you being like this? It's she. Number one, your son is grown. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. Your son is 18 years old, 17 years old. He's no longer in that impressionable phase. I mean, maybe in some regards, but at this point you have him very much so out in the world, creating his own opinions and stuff like that for her to be acting like Heather is a danger or could potentially influence Jack shows insecurity to me Yeah, because uh, I won't even go down that rabbit hole, but it was very difficult judgmental against heather um i do think that we are seeing a different side of whitney this season too definitely i don't think we've seen her with marital issues never but it's probably because honestly there was always a distraction like when he Mm -hmm. left the house it was like look i've been raising these kids this many years this is what i've been doing now enters housewives Mm -hmm. enters money enters resources Mm -hmm. enters access and it's like baby you bringing money to the table isn't enough anymore because now i'm doing that too so i'm expecting you to take it step your pussy up a little bit ten thousand percent i think you touched on it i think the dynamics have changed not because justin got a job again or went back to work the dynamics have changed is because whitney brings and not to say she didn't bring a lot more to the table she brings different things to the table Mm -hmm. now she's no longer relying on justin and i send some trouble in the water i think they'll pull through though i think they will pull through but justin's gonna have to stop laughing and deflecting Mm -hmm. and like listen like you can you can respond to someone saying they have an issue with something with an issue later you need to respond with a solution Mm -hmm. first we can tackle the next issue later yeah because if not i'm gonna hit your pocket and hire a chef and hire somebody to make them kids lunch and hire somebody to clean the house and do every little fucking task I don't want to do. And you're going to go broke while I do it. I think that's the best thing to do, though, because clearly what she's been doing hasn't been working. No. Like, sometimes you can't keep going to the man with the same concerns via communication. Sometimes you have to let him look at his bank statement. Yeah. And you can like, hit that oh, bank shit, account. maybe I will cook. It's cheaper than hiring a chef for $10,000. Exactly. Because we would have the chef living in the house since yeah. you want to get funny. I'll yeah. get hilarious. No, baby. what did they say? You want to get cute? I'll, I'll get, get dropped dead gorgeous. Like, don't play. Don't play with me. Yeah. But very good. Very That's a really good. good episode. Yes, ma'am. Um, and then we saw Dancing with the Stars last night. Adrian went home. Um, but who had the highest scores on the leaderboard? Uh, I think. Was it Sochi and it Val? Was like, yeah, Sochi and Val. Or so was she's it? A, it was Sochi and Val because okay. I think she had three nines or somebody like else that. got nine. Was it just Sochi three. and Val? It wasn't three. Sochi okay. did great though. I'm excited yeah. to stay tuned for that season. She did fantastic. That was a really good episode. Obviously, we touched on Adrian going home. There were some other interesting storylines or like dances from couples. I'll go over it quickly. Harry and Riley. I know they're sick and fucking tired of these people harassing them about whether they're or not they're in a Dating, relationship. I know. Oh my, it's, it's so annoying. Uh, Lele had a really good comeback week. Um, we saw that she had a 
rough week last week and she did great this week yeah and then obviously charity stunning as ever she was miss ariel for disney night so it was a really good episode you guys know we love that show i know they were keeping the girls fed honey yes they especially were. when we were in the trenches doing that Oof. fucking homework oh I my know. god exactly exactly and just to think we have to do it all again next <sighs> week but you know what that's okay we're gonna get started earlier this time How yeah about we that? are we're not gonna procrastinate exactly. that's what we're gonna do all right night owls that's all she wrote yes thank you so much for listening bye sweet dreams